0: DRIVE BY CINEMA Three nachos and a foaming thermos of fun.
1: Mm, That was ten seconds of silence with Rick and Paul.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Are we bridging it to ASMR, potentially? That's very good, Richard. It was ten seconds of silence with Ruth and Paul. You're much better, than...
1: Now, did you know that one in three convictions of women in this country are full television licence infractions?
0: I did not know that.
1: One in three convictions? It's astonishing. Should it not be not a criminal offence,
0: but a civil offence? Is that not where... It's a criminal offence? Yes. It's obviously a civil offence, really, isn't it? At, 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 it ought to the, be. At yeah. the heart of it, yes. It's an outrage. Sure.
1: Hey, Paul, there's an idea. A way to prove your television works. Don't take it anywhere. No. Oh, no. Just get a small antenna and a booster box. (laughs) Plug it into the back where you are. Hang it out of the window. What's a booster box? It's a small amplifier.
0: Could I not just um, stick an antenna on my little windowsill kind of thing?
1: Yeah, a digital one. They usually come with amplifiers in them. It's easy to boost the digital signal, right, because... The noise gets washed out anyway. Yeah.
0: but well, it's, it's zeros and ones, so the noise isn't going to be... It's zeros and ones, the ones... Yeah, so it's, if it's, if it's 0. 0.92, it's one. If it's 0. 0. 0.06, it's zero, yeah. I mean, there's quite a big wow. distance between zero and one, isn't there, really?
1: That's a revelation. You're explaining the digital system to us, digital electronics, in a nutshell. So easily explained.
0: Oh, fuck off. So... <laughs> But no, Richard, you were saying that radio is now software thinged. It's all done in software on chip. But they still receive frequencies.
1: Yes, they do. They do receive frequencies, but it's all done in the software. The software configures the, re- the receiver.
0: I mean, how does, the, how, does the, how does the receiver decide what wave band to receive anyway? I don't understand how it does that.
1: What, in an analogue radio? Yeah. It's because it's a tuned circuit, isn't it? It's res-
0: it resonates. Oh, resonates.
1: Yeah. I
0: see. So the point is, I mean, the radio waves have been received all the time. It just happens to resonate with one one frequency. Mm-hmm. I see. That's right. And so it amplifies that frequency.
1: But then, of course, in an analogue system, you have to have circuitry that decodes either the amplitude-modulated mm. stuff or the frequency-modulated stuff, which is a bit more complicated. So you'd have to have different circuitry. Whereas nowadays with a software-configured radio, you have one piece of equipment receiving the radio waves and everything else is done in software. Radio turns out to be quite complicated because if you think about it, with an FM signal, you have a carrier wave at one frequency. But obviously the frequency is moving. It's frequency modulated. So you have to have something that can track those frequencies. And so actually it's a band of frequencies that you're tuning into. Is it? Depending on the kind of radio signal you're receiving, the band is wider or narrower.
0: And so now, I mean, uh, my rather old car radio seems to recognise a radio station as its name channel or its name station, and will retune across the dial as I move like from Cheshire ah, to Lancaster. That's
1: RDS, the radio data system that was introduced on the on the FM band. So that's Same. a sideband data transmission that gives the radio a little meta bit of info. information. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. yeah, including alternative frequencies for.
0: Oh, so then it will go look at those instead if it can't. That's answer. right. Yeah. So back onto TVs, what I can get is a little aerial and put it like in a rabbit room. ear one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Why not? It's surely going to be about as good at. An aerial that's behind the shingles. But you, does it come with an amplifier, you're saying? Yeah, those little like, windowsill aerials usually come they're with called? an What are called? I don't know. Did look for a portable digital antenna or something in your Amazon search.
0: But it has like a traditional aerial socket at the back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a signals digital. It's just, I see. Okay. I'll do that.
1: Well, this week in COVID news, a load of British. Sorry, I missed a step.
0: Who... After you churn, you've got to crunch. Yeah. Huh? So you've got to you've got to define your data, or you know, telescope out what you want in terms of data. Then you've got to gather and glean your data. Then you've got to clean your data. You've got to churn your data. Uh, you've got to crunch your data, and then you've got to project your data back to to whatever audience, assuming you know what your audience is. So so yeah, it's a huge undertaking, isn't it? Really. Aside from the nan- none it is
1: small, little,
0: little Bill <laughs> Gates technology that doesn't exist. <laughs> and, you know, what if Bill and Melinda decide to inject both their versions in our bloodstreams? You know, and they're currently getting divorced. I mean, this is it's just—it's
1: you're assuming.
0: <laughs> you see, this is the assumption by the 5G network people is or the anti 5G network people is. It's only there's only one little Bill, one kind of Bill Gates swimming there among us, whereas it could be <laughs> a Bill and a Melinda.
1: Big assumption. Same. Yeah, yeah.
0: Richard, I stopped you saying what you were going to say.
1: Very good, by the way, for having a dictionary on your bookshelf. Do people still use paper dictionaries? Is that a thing that happens? Uh, No. When was the last time you pulled that out and looked up? Well, as I've only put it there, about two weeks ago. That I see. Last time. You've had no need yet. I any... Because you're so erudite, it would probably be unnecessary. You'd be telling the dictionary what to say, wouldn't you? Mostly. Have, ever, no, sir. have I done something to annoy you today, Richard?
0: Paul, I'm, I'm calling you erudite. I don't know. I, I sense there's a small amount of insincerity in what you're saying. But is that me being the
1: victim again? Let's get back to Scandinavia. In Sweden, they have the sauna, don't they, as a cultural event, a thing. You know, in the same way that we would have a cup of tea and a sit-down and a biscuit. In Sweden, the bonding experience is to go to the sauna, isn't it? It's very common to do that, and I presume you traditionally do that naked. And I presume it's a great leveler, you know. You go there with your boss or your great uncle or whatever, and you're all naked in the sauna <gasps> together, aren't you? Yeah, but that's exactly See, the kind of response yes, you don't have.
0: Exactly, you know. You I'm, say, I'm showing.
1: You don't need to be woohooing. It's just normal for them. It Paul. is normal. So you'd be an embarrassment in Sweden, woohooing every, every damn sauna. Every business meeting, (laughs) you'd be...
0: (laughs) What was that movie we we watched about the the British sound editor that went to work in Italy? Barbarian sound studio. suddenly feeling very, very cuckolded and and somewhat (laughs) shamed by my own provincial naivety. Well, I shall, I shall soldier on, nonetheless, Richard. You, you, you have rightly, rightly taken your saber and eviscerated, eviscerated my, my, my parochial ignorance. Thank you very much. You seem intimidated by my saber. I'm just saying, you've answered most questions about this Scandinavian film, but you haven't answered my fun, my, 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 my most basic question, Richard. Which yes. is why is the first being in Abba backwards? <laughs> is you see? there an answer? I don't to that know, question. but it's, it's unfathomable, isn't it? Really, it's just graphic design, maybe. But the first A isn't upside down, is it? No, but A is symmetrical, laterally reflected,
1: anyway, isn't it? You could, you, you could. It might be backwards it, if, you saying, mirror, yes. if you put a mirror. If you put a mirror, could on abba. It would read abba in wow. the mirror, wouldn't it?
0: Only if the B, first B, was backwards.
1: It is backwards, exactly.
0: So the first day is backwards, is what you're saying, potentially.
1: Is it representing the the, the feminine figure of the two women? The two guys ah. are the
0: A's on the outside,
1: and they're back-to-back or something wow. in the middle.
0: Is that what's going on with Adam? Brilliant, Richard. Did you ever think about working in advertising?
1: I could always change career, couldn't I? <laughs> like madmen. men. Um, yes, that's what they call me. You've just got back from Oxford, I've just got back from a little garden party. Yes. It's almost like lockdown has ended. It is indeed, isn't it? But it hasn't ended. Has it not? No. It was extended to next month, officially, to about July the 20th.
0: Well, that's good news for our listeners, because, I mean, this is ostensibly a lockdown podcast concerned with watching movies during lockdown. I think if lockdown had ended, there'd be little reason for this podcast or even me to exist. So.
1: But it feels like everyone has given up on lockdown anyway. Everyone certainly out. have,
0: yeah. I, in fact, the one thing, the one habit that has become ingrained in my behaviour this year... Although I'm too old to learn new things, has been wearing a mask. A mask, yeah. Everything I do is I grab a mask wherever I go, and I jump out the car and I grab the mask that's you know in my glove compartment, and I head out the door and I grab the mask that I hook over the coat rack. I've got a mask in every place of departure in my life so I can just grab it and then of course I have some in my pockets too and like last night in Oxford it, it for me psychologically it obviously it was obvious to me that my mind had decided lockdown was a whole because I just didn't there was about eight occasions where you know I was like ungant mask and then I'd say right next time I must remember to take the mask and then the next time I failed to take a mask so I got told off in the uh, holiday in reception for coming in without a mask and standing around while she was pointing at me going, what, 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 what? <laughs> like, your mask? Excuse me, sir. Can I ask you to step outside, please? Sorry. Don't worry. I downrated it on the review app. Yeah, so so for me, I mean, lockdown in my brain at least is over. How about you? What are your feelings, Richard? Is lockdown over for you?
1: Well, they're just about to invite loads of people to come and see the finals of the Euros, aren't they? The football uh, final is it going to be in Wembley? They're going to let a load of people in.
0: So let me get this straight: the the Euro finals are all over the world. That's they're all over Europe. Is that a new thing, or is that a... it is new? It's
1: normally based in one country or another, isn't it? Yeah, I think last time it was shared, wasn't it? Between was it Netherlands and Germany or something? Anyway,
0: some... you know, like the Eurovision Song Contest, I, I can at a stretch imagine Turkey. In the Eurovision Song Contest. And, and Cyprus and Crete, or if they're countries, I'm, I'm not sure where they are in terms of their nationhood. Uh, Israel's a stretch, uh, but, you know, I can see the logic there. Uh, Morocco, Algeria, I don't really get Europe. But this year, Australia was, you know, a geographic, a geographic bomb for my mind. Australia should be in the Eurovision Song Contest. I I didn't work out why. Apparently, we just like say, hey, you know, you're welcome to come and try if you want to. You're talking
1: about the Eurovision Song Contest, and I'm talking about UEFA Euro. I know, but
0: there are similarities. What I'm saying is, in in the the Eurovision Song Contest, like, just invite people. Australia's
1: participation isn't one of them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Isn't one of them. (laughs) You know, but what I'm saying is, you know, they just kind of not too concerned with geography. So, a a more fluid interpretation of geography, yeah, uh, and more neurodiverse. It's also not totally
1: fair, is it? Because we are, are one of those countries, and there are several, which don't have to qualify.
0: For the Eurovision Song Contest?
1: Yeah, we automatically get in.
0: Well, because we because, live in Europe.
1: No, certain countries have to qualify, and other countries automatically get in because they were part of the television syndicate that invented it as a... As event television.
0: Oh, I see. I see. That that makes sense, really, in a commercial way. Yes. But what I'm saying is, for for the more neurodiverse among us, you know, uh, the interpretation of geography, what some people (laughs) might call incorrect, is what we might call fluid. You know. And in the same way, the European football competition thing has become more fluid in where it decides one country is. But we've been here before. Is an alpaca
1: a llama? Is a frog a toad?
0: Nobody He's just a,
1: a weasel. Exactly, these divisions are becoming meaningless.
0: However, did you actually watch the British entry into the Eurovision Song Contest this year? No, it was. I know I did. I watched it afterwards. It was awful. <laughs> I mean, beyond the fact that Britain doesn't do the kind of highly massaged Euro pop that wins at Eurovision, like the the rock the rock band that won, uh, which essentially sounds like children's music. I mean, we don't do that well. Britain does real popular pop music well, doesn't it? But in no sense was the British entry any of those things. It was just an abomination, wasn't it? I don't know if you listened to it.
1: I think we can, we can feel the right kind of stuff. I mean, we we had Katrina and the Waves, didn't? Or Katrina from Katrina and the Waves. But again, her
0: music's still quite real, isn't it? Even though it's Katrina and the Waves kind of stuff, it's it's professionally produced pop music, isn't it?
1: The problem with the Eurovision Song Contest, particularly Britain, has quite a strong music industry. Yes, precisely. And we export yeah. our you know our, our music globally. Consequently, it doesn't look good on the CV of anyone, any serious artist, <laughs> to appear on the Eurovision Song Contest, unless they could guarantee that they won. I suppose, which they couldn't, because there's a lot of political voting going on anyway. Uh, oh, it has been, that's not new. But uh, certainly you'd be crazy to put your career on the line for it, wouldn't you?
0: It's like saying, hey, you know, I should work at Prada because when I was in Canadian high school we did a, we did a fashion catwalk where we all wore clothes and lip-synced a song at the same time down a catwalk kind of thing, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Is it
1: I've got to say, I don't even there? know who won this year's Eurovision. Do, do you know who won?
0: It was the Italians, I think. Oh, with a, okay, with a faux metal faux rock kind of pop song, and who's going to win the euros? Well, you're saying the final is in Wembley, I think that's
1: right, yeah, just before lockdown ends. I say, oh,
0: a nice choice yeah. that requires me to know who is still in the competition. and I don't everybody is still in I oh think we've we played in games. the first round right? two games, yes uh I mean, well, it's not going to be England, is it no.
1: I think Germany looked quite tasty actually after their performance against Portugal.
0: Okay. You heard it from uh, you heard it from Dorothy. Germany. <laughs> I think about this Dorothy, it's got these amazing like uh shoes that seem to be made of acrylic. Like they've got little stars inside the surface.
1: That's seems a bit anachronistic, doesn't it, for nineteen thirties wherever they filmed. Mm. Well look at them again.
0: I sense anger underneath it all.
1: Oh. Well, you know what anger leads to? Fear.
0: You know what that leads to? Suffering. Uh, God. The How dark the side. God, I didn't need to go to Tibet, Richard. All I need to do is get answers from you. Hey, <laughs> eh? You're like the whole of the Moon song. Oh.
1: Which unlocks uh, the memories of a, a young man who lost his memories in a car crash. Is that what it's about? No. Uh, no, it it literally is a story of a guy. No, no, I mean there is a guy who had a car accident at nineteen, and when he was thirty, he heard the whole of the moon well, and it got his, his memories, yeah. Well, yeah. or many of them, anyway. some of them. But that's what happens when you get your head run over by a car. Yeah,
0: unpleasant. It's called cracking me bad.
1: Okay, let's get down to it, <laughs>
0: boppers. <laughs> Okay, sorry. We all ignored your joke uh, a few episodes back. About? About uh, me and Jacob about, uh, you know, the spaceship invasion. No, the alien invasion and why they parked in the countryside. And you were saying it's really difficult. It's really difficult to get parking permits in the city. (laughs) It was really funny, but we were so involved in our own thoughts we didn't hear you. (laughs) But listening to the podcast, it's it's hilarious. We need a laughter track, I think, we can add on later. (laughs) Because it's genuinely a really funny joke. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Here we go then. Just uh, <clears throat> Richard's ego massage tick. <laughs> uh, well, no, no, no it's genuinely funny, Richard. Not that that's unusual for you. Before you start that attack, <laughs> just a compliment. Actually, go on. Uh. Not that you do start that attack. That's the kind of type that I would start. and how and why did you learn that skill? Do you ever write the alphabet when you're bored? Oh yeah, of course, yeah. It's like that. I, I've had a lonely life, Richard. But, apart from my lonely life... <laughs> I read it in a book. Do you remember, do you remember a book that's called The Whiz Kid's Handbook? I, do you mean like the handbook for boys?
1: Yeah, similar.
0: Encyclopedia. Yeah. I had an encyclopedia for boys, I had a handbook for boys, those kind of things. Yeah, yeah no,
1: I think this was a bit more kind of hip and with it. Rather than, like, rather than a library stuff.
0: throwout. Yeah. My, my childhood was full of books that were otherwise known as library throwouts. I didn't realize that little red circle where the ISBN <laughs> number was, was to cover the fact it had a library, you know, dewey decimal <laughs> identification number on, on the, on the spine of the hardbacks. Uh, and I didn't really realize that 15 pence in the top right hand corner of the f- preface was the normal price to pay for a book for a long long time actually but amazing well the WizKids
1: handbooks were the kind of thing that advised kids to carry like a little bit of string in your pocket because it would always come in handy but one of them I'm sure had a chapter on memorising the alphabet backwards just by (laughs) phonetically just phonetically like a rhyme which is really how you learn it forwards as well isn't it
0: it is yeah so I used to know
1: how to do it but I can't do anything like as impressively
0: as you well done But there are several stages to learning, aren't there? Any kind of technical or what we might call confined or bounded level. It can be a very intellectual thing, but some knowledge is bounded. Is it like mathematics? We could say is bounded knowledge, you know, even though it's very sophisticated. uh, It it can be described almost completely. And so this kind of what we call technical intellectual understanding has four levels, doesn't it? Which is, you know, well. Orientation towards understanding, understanding, uh, fluency, and mastery. Would that be right?
1: Well, I think it was Malcolm Gladwell who would have said that ten thousand hours is what you need to learn the
0: alphabet backwards, <laughs> <laughs> as well as you do it anyway. No, so I, I think I'm at the fluency stage.
1: In China, <laughs> In China, they don't have an alphabet.
0: But in China, they do have sonic booms. I mean, sonic booms were reported in Cuba, first of all, for the uh, American workers in their consulate there. And they would have insufferable headaches and these splitting sounds just roaring through their heads, almost like they were in a microwave kind of thing. And there was concern that this was some sort of, you know, homeland security action on the behalf of some sort of Cuban intelligence agency. Uh, but it was investigated by the Americans and nothing came of it but about two years later in China in the Guangzhou Embassy the same thing happened you know embassy staff started going crazy uh, reporting sudden weird unbelievable sounds in their head you know also particularly the sound of dropping marbles on, on hard floors just constantly all over the t- all, all the time Yeah, you know. and again the Americans were concerned that the, the the Chinese were using some sort of sonic boom weaponry uh, against their embassy staff. But again, the investigation came to nothing.
1: I thought they concluded that there was beaming like microwaves at people's heads.
0: Yeah, beaming microwaves, which is a terrible thing to do, you know. Frying people's brains. Of course I think your brain would start producing really weird sounds if it was frying, you know.
1: I don't know. It's not clear to me how that would work. I mean, after all, if you're exposed to microwaves, what would happen is you'd just get hot, wouldn't you? I mean, if it was a focused beam, you'd get very hot and you'd move away. Does your brain have feelings, though? No, your brain doesn't, but your no. scalp does, and it would go through your scalp, make it a hot spot, wouldn't it? it? would be exciting, the moisture in your skin. But you're right, I don't think the brain has nerves. But if your brain doesn't have nerves, how do you get headaches? That doesn't make any sense. But they do well, you do You this- can't
0: feel your brain pressing against your skull, but I'm not sure where that... It must have some sort of nerve endings. I don't know where they are
1: when they do operations uh, you know when they're doing brain tumor operations they're trying to remove a bit of brain matter, aren't they and they have to be careful they don't get anything important the patient might need so they they keep you conscious, don't they and then they'll zap an area and ask you know if you can still remember your name or still play the violin or whatever Whoa. and if, you know if everything is okay they'll they can slice that bit out or while you're awake.
0: But yeah, I mean, so I mean, I have more chilling stories to tell in Vietnam. I had a friend die. He was he was an English guy, and I mean, apocryphally, I I can't say this is actually what happened. But as we understand it, uh, he was dating the bar owner's girlfriend. The bar owner didn't like it, and the bar owner just put methanol in his beer one night, and he died. What from Um, one beer? Yeah, it doesn't take a lot. I mean, I think five mils would do it. Yeah, yeah. So that was that. Life is cheap in some countries. Don't be, don't make people angry in those countries because they literally can just, yeah, you know, bump you off, and the resources are not there to find out who did it or that kind of thing. So.
1: well, uh, Bangkok is where Charles Sobrage did a lot of his killing, isn't it? Who's that? He's a famous serial killer, and his M.O. was kind of luring tourists to his pad in
0: Sure time. yeah I'm not saying it's locals or foreigners I'm just saying those countries wherever you're from it's often quite easy to get away with crimes. Uh, so yeah I agree so he was he, where was he from? From
1: I, Oh he's got North a European confusing heritage. Uh, I think he's I think he's got he's got Asian heritage certainly. But I think his. Uh, I think his father was Indian and his mother was oh, wow. from not not sure, not sure.
0: But As Therese were made. Would say, citizen of nowhere. Yeah, no, very, he is very citizen much of so. nowhere. Get on that bus back.
1: And he had an amazing ability to escape. Uh, he once escaped from a prison cell in <sighs> oh. India by pretending he had appendicitis.
0: What's his name? Charles. Charles Sabraj. Wow. Uh, but
1: that's not the name he used.
0: Uh, I don't think. When he well, was luring people, obviously. Yeah. And how many people did he do? Do we think?
1: About twenty, I think.
0: Oh, well, it's quite a low score in the in the scheme of things, isn't it, really. <laughs> isn't it? The Bikini Killer,
1: the Serpent—that's another of his nicknames.
0: Are you, are you, are, can I mock you for looking at Wikipedia at this point? Or is it a fair? I mean, what's this thing where we can't we can't we can't reference names of gods from Wikipedia? <laughs> Somehow that's a failing, but we can look at when Fresnel were invented, Richard. I, I I agree, you know, with this with this. I I fall into this this idea that somehow you know if you don't know the name of Shakespeare's lead character, somehow that's a major failing of your intellect. But, but why? I don't know. It, we, it there's a particular there's a particular bias here, isn't there? That, you know, I assume, I assume most people assume is that is that you know you should know your Greek gods, although why not just look up the name of them? I mean, <laughs> you know, and you should know your Shakespearean characters. But you don't really need to know Newton's laws of motion. I don't think it is science versus arts. I don't think it is CP Snow's two cultures kind of thing. It's something different that's going on. But, Richard, has that given you time to find your answer, is what I'm saying?
1: You know, the uh, They Might Be Giants song Birdhouse in Your Soul? Mm. Is that about lighthouses or something? What's that about? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, it's another Wikipedia lookup, isn't it? I mean, not to put too
0: finer points on it, I think you've got to say that it's the only bee in your bonnet. Put a little birdhouse in your soul. I think it's more like saying, "Leave a space for me, my slightly stalkery ways." I always found that, that the people in that that, that song quite disturbing in their insistence that somebody shouldn't let go of them, shouldn't shouldn't forget them.
1: It says in Wikipedia that the it's quite so- pestery the whole the song's thing. lyric is narrated from the perspective of a nightlight.
0: Okay. Ah. Weird. Oh, it's like GCSE English. <laughs> imagine you live in a flat world. Write an essay. <laughs> or imagine you are the clicker on a pen. How do you feel? <laughs> do you have to write those? I think it's year four, or what they call now, year, year nine? Or creative year writing nine, type thing. Year nine exercising creative writing, imagining the world from a different, new, entirely new perspective. And it never came up on the exam you created writing by the end of year five, did it? So why, are we, why well, I spend those nights? <laughs> well, this whole, that whole thing, you know, it's like, you know, take it from a different perspective where you're not where you are in the world. Um, and uh, yeah, I imagine the torture nights. I used to spend hours and hours on those things because I thought it was very important to do them. And then, of course, by the end of year five in the exam, it's, you know, you are a pop star. Write about your day, kind of thing. <laughs> um, I have to say, I was on the cusp of the change from O level to GCSE, so I kind of got it bad. Um, well, I history, wasn't. obviously, well, hist- I wasn't. Well, yeah, I don't know what you did in history, but history for me, I mean, history previously had been concerned with facts about the past at a higher level, a historiography about those facts, you know, collating and researching and re- you know resources and-, and sources and all that kind of stuff. But you know a factual representation of the past to our best efforts. There was an idea that a factual representation could be achieved and you could represent it if you worked hard enough. And, and then came the new exam, which was, imagine you are a young boy in Northern Ireland of the year in 1919. <laughs> Write about your life. <laughs> which, for me, isn't really history, is it? In any sense. Well, it, It sets you up to be a historical novelist
1: and they could make a lot of money and it
0: sets you up to the idea that all history is imagine which it is, it's recreated you know representations of the past are not the past but that's that's trivial isn't it surely I don't think we need to explore that one aspect of historical accuracy uh, for an entire essay do we so yeah big changes and there we go and the world was never the same
1: They, have
0: they do have special names. It's mostly female sport uh, and they tend to, it's like one area where we really see females getting into like role play in a way that males quite happily do in many aspects of life. So it's interesting, I think, as a sport. But to get back to this weekend, I mean, my sympathies, my, my main sympathy lies with the Tour de France and uh, that's been disappointing because it's been a one man race. Uh, but we are in the Pyrenees at the moment, which is the, the better part of the mountain stages compared to the Alps, I think. Uh, so that's been good. Wimbledon, I made quite a lot of money on in terms of betting. Uh, football, I lost quite a lot of money in terms of betting. Uh, I kind of knew that Italy were going to win, but I never suspected a full-time draw. So I lost a lot of money on that. Uh, but not as much as I went on the, on, the, on the tennis. I've done really well on the tennis betting. How could you... He surely was already the favourite, Novak Djokovic. He was, yeah. Yeah, by a long shot. But he had a really bad first set.
1: Oh, so you were betting mid-game?
0: hell yeah is there any other way to do it i mean you don't i mean the thing about investing in any market is is is, is market knowledge isn't it i mean uh, so so yeah i mean obviously uh, i don't know what this got to do with the podcast but let's talk about it uh you can cut it out later richard the the, the, <laughs> the aim if you're gonna bet uh on on an exchange is to achieve a green book do you know what a green book is i assume you do for the benefit of our listeners, of course I know.
1: For the benefit of our oh, listeners, a okay.
0: greenback is where you, you you advantageously choose the timing of your bets so that you win either way. And so I, I, you know, I knew that that he was very much the favorite going in, so I knew odds were tight, and I thought they were going to slacken off. You know, so I, I, you know, I bet, I bet with him uh, to begin with just a small bet, but I thought I'll keep most of the money back because. The odds are going to slacken off because I think a lot of people have voted for him. Sorry, have a, a, sorry, a bet on him before the game uh, because he's the favourite. Sometimes people just go for the favourite, you know. And so I thought he had the favourite overweight. And then in the first set, luckily to help my plan, he played really badly. In fact, he lost the first set. So then I got really, really advantageous odds on him. And then I went in further on him. And then he started playing when his odds came down. So then to lay against him, I had to bet against the eventuality, which essentially is the same as betting against the other guy in tennis because only two outcomes. And then I laid against him uh when he had tight odds. So the laying odds were really good for me. So I kind of got the two and the three of my stages were better than I expected. So I had a real green book, and at that point, because my book was green. And then his odds were tight still. but And then I waited for him to play badly, and the odds were really fluctuating, because I think a lot of people have put the money on the wrong side. And when that happens, the odds go up and down, people are chasing odds, you know, kind of thing. So I knew the odds were going to go up again if he just played a bad couple of games, which he did in the, I think it was the end of the fourth, or toward the middle of the fourth, and he played really badly. And then his odds went right up again. And then I thought, well, let's shovel, get the shovel on, put the rest onto the roulette table. He's going to win this, you know. Uh, and then I put far too much money on him. A very, very... On un, on favorable odds, but only to the extent that I kind of just went over my green book because uh, my my green book was already quite favorable. I had like three to one and some some aspects of it, so I could put quite a lot more money on there. And it came out with like a forty five percent return. So yeah, I was happy with that.
1: Well done, well done. Betting in a style of betting that I think should
0: probably be banned. Why? Why do you think it should be banned?
1: Uh, well, am like, I just exploiting people, get...
0: people who don't who don't? Who like their sport and like their players, kind of thing.
1: Because I am. Well, I don't think you're particularly exploiting them, but the system, the bookies, are exploiting people who are, you know, potentially addicted to betting, aren't they? Yeah. It's an investment that you, on in the long term, you're going to lose.
0: Only the bookies actually. On an exchange, I think the bookies only take a marginal amount, like 05 percent. It really is punter versus punter, pretty much.
1: Okay. Mm. Okay. So you only have to be smarter than the average person.
0: Well, I don't think that, that you, you just don't have to vote for your, fa- your favourite player. <laughs> I think it's really that simple, you know. Uh, if you don't do that, then you're going to be watching the market and, and making more dispassionate decisions, aren't you? And I, don't, I think you just have to be averagely market-informed and not... So are you betting on the partisan. Tour de France as well? Oh, I wouldn't dare. I've never bet on football before. It was because of my tennis winnings that I bet on the football. I've never, (laughs) you know, because one goal usually decides it. So it's, 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 it's literally like tossing a coin, isn't it? You know, or a weighted coin. Uh, And, you know, I tend only to vote on outcomes suggested by the odds that are 85% or 90% certain. So I pretty much only ever vote on favourites, but I don't vote on favourites all the time. I just choose the moment to vote on a favourite when I think the odds have been depressed.
1: Have you seen the statistical analysis of the Premier League in which they uh, the conclusion was that only the top two, maybe three slots... Will ever win? No, only the top two or three slots are sort of statistically significant. You know, all of the other
0: positions are basically random. Yeah, they're just random. I mean, it's because it's such a low-scoring game, isn't it? I don't think you could say the same for American football. Pretty Something similar. But if you look at the... The granularity of the scoring, you know, uh, with football is you know one nil, two nil, one all. I mean, one event changes the result so much, doesn't it? Whereas in American football, you typically get seven to ten scoring opportunities per side per game. There's already a curve in the results, isn't there? So to speak, there's already a binomial spread there. And so I think it's that for a reason, particular low scoring of soccer, that makes it, uh, you know, just hugely, hugely unpredictable. What a day. Sorry, can I just say, I just love Harvey. Do you know Harvey? Who? Not Harvey Nichols. Well, I've never been to Harvey Nichols.
1: Harvey, Weinstein?
0: Harvey Price, the, uh, Katie's son who has, you know... Ah, uh,
1: uh, Jordan's
0: uh, son. Yeah, Jordan's son. I just love him. Anyway, so, you know, his, catchphrase, his catchphrase is, what a day. I <laughs> just love it. <laughs> Continue, please, Richard. Sorry. I see the timing's different. Yeah, I realise if I brought the non-creaky chair into the living room, I could sit on the non-creaky chair in the living room. (laughs) Yeah. Lockdown stopped my brain working for a long time, I think. Oh, yeah. Are you an introvert or an extrovert, Richard?
1: What? What's my Myers-Briggs personality
0: type? Yeah. Before you you poo-poo it. (laughs) I'm obviously an introvert. Ah, I've worked out that I'm really, really an extrovert, although a frustrated one. I I couldn't. Since I've been going out when I want to, my mind has just started working again.
1: Ah, so you thrive on the social interaction. Yes. Yes. Interesting. And without it, your brain atrophies, it withers.
0: (laughs) No, it kind of backs up on itself.
1: Oh gosh, like constipation. Mm. Mm, mental constipation.
0: Because I thought I'm suffering from anxiety, but I'm not. Because obviously, anxiety has physical effects, doesn't it? None of which I have. Uh, uh, just too much, too many thoughts, and unable to control them. Really, is the problem I have if I staying indoors for too long.
1: Wow, just firing off random yes. thoughts, unconnected.
0: Well, just uh, like I can still function, but it's like I'm galloping rather than. I can't take things at a normal speed. I can't settle down unless I've done two or three hours of unconstrained physical activity every day. Hmm.
1: Hence the tennis. Yes. Oh God, don't get me started on that. (laughs) Have you been doing that this weekend? It's surely too hot for running around.
0: Well, because my uh, my tennis rebounder arrived today, I did ah. take it down the park, and I did have a quick go with this, with this Sombra Soler on. What's he called? Ambra Soler. Umbrace- put the SFP 30 on. And I did knock it around. What was good is because the lawn there is very uneven. It's a very nice park. However, the lawn is very uneven, so I got I got good at interpreting the bounds kind of thing. Ah, nice. Which is another way to say I missed lots of balls. So when you, well, when so I, so Richard, asked, I, what would you be your ball game of choice then, if if if, if not tennis? Uh, well, I'm not. I can't really do ball games, can I? When you I say that. I have played badminton with you many, many moons ago. You seem to be. You see, no, you seem to perform quite adequately at it for somebody who doesn't play badminton. It's so.
1: certainly a slower game, isn't it? Badminton. I can kind of cope with that. It'd probably have to be golf, wouldn't it? Where the ball is stationary and you so, see you know it's easier to hit it isn't it at that point i can't yeah. do tennis tennis i just cannot hit the ball i can't
0: do it and as we age golf is a problem because you can't really you can't really take your zimmer frame out to wobble around the court can you or wobble around the course so I,
1: well, plenty of people older than us play golf it's an old man's game isn't it is it it's like fishing
0: oh is it wait well, it became fashionable again but it, it become old old again
1: no, I mean, I, listen, I wouldn't take up golf, because if nothing else, it's a criminal misuse of land, isn't it?
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's a green desert, isn't it? Worse than a green desert. It's a highly drained green desert that, you know, they, they build on sand and therefore require requires infinite amounts of watering, doesn't it? It's, it's
1: Mini-golf or crazy-golf, on the other hand? Now, there's a sport. I could get into that.
0: Maybe uh, hey, we should do yeah, some crazy-golf... On the on
1: the sea front. that's surely well, where we can do. I, yeah. There are
0: three, three. Uh, one of them brandly renovated due to COVID. Uh, wow. Three. Uh, there's a whole selection. There's crazy golf. There's mini golf, and there's putting also. So I mean, take your choice.
1: That, there used to be actually. I should check it still around. There used to be one near the Trafford Centre, which was all dinosaurs. Oh wow! Yeah, I know. I'm gonna have to try that out, aren't I? It sounds amazing. Well,
0: Well, the new one down the road is, you know, the park's been closed for a year, so we've got a whole new adventure play around for kids. You know, it's kind of uh, those uh, gravity slides, you know, they hang on to. Like at Lightwater Valley. And Uh, zip lines. Zip lines. (laughs) There's all kinds of dangerous zip lines for the kids, which is good, because they all go on there and hurt themselves. Uh, But they've got an amazing uh, crazy golf. It's, you know, decked out with miniature windmills and bridges. just... Like it looks really, really classy, but it's eight quid a go. I'm not surprised because it's, it's, it's like going to Legoland at the same time. You know, you get your miniature village and you get your crazy golf at the same time. What else is there to do at the English Suicide? But apart, apart from play with your balls during some windy, windy weather, <laughs> they should,
1: they should have wind turbines these days, not windmills.
0: But I went to do mini golf last year, and I have to say I wouldn't recommend that. Oh, why? Yeah. Well, it's, it's like some of them. I mean, most of them are 60 yards long, but one the ones in the middle, like 7, 8, and 9, are like 140 yards long. So it's almost like really, really playing golf. Do you know what I mean? Oh. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I, think, I tried number 7, hole number 7 three or four times. I lost the ball three times or four times. <laughs> I was like, I think par was four, and I was on 12 or 14 or something. And it's. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'd be really annoyed at that point because eight guys from Bradford were carrying their beers around in front of me. And lots of people were, like, nipping in front and just skipping a few holes. Because the, the guy who runs it was really like, you can't go back and do holes, you must do them one by one. So I stuck behind these, you know, these these lads on a, on a Burial ash who were playing golf at the same time. Jokes, piffle, piffle, blah, 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 whatever. And But the problem was they, they were, like, they were taking it seriously whilst being drunk. So, like, they... Okay, so you, you've got to tee off individually, but then putting, you know, they'd, like one guy will put, 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 put and get it down, then the next guy will put, 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 put. You know, they weren't doing s- synchronized or, or, or simultaneous putting, which is what you normally do when, you, when there are eight of you. And so I was like hanging around behind, thinking, get it, move on. And then I got to number seven, and like by the time I finished seven, there were like seven holes ahead because I just like <laughs> I Just I just lost it in the heather so many times, just ridiculous. We touched very briefly on Wizard of Earthsea last week, and I said some... Yes, you did. <laughs> I said some things about it, it which are all completely wrong. However, uh, I, I assume that magic was... Because, you know, she constructed a, a descriptor of, you know, the racial and the kind of cultural origins of the different people in there. I assume that the magic... Like in Harry Potter, came with the blood can thing. And it's not true. I mean, the magic just resides in Earthsea, doesn't it? And the dragons can commune with it. And the only way humans can access it is by the naming, the true naming of name, isn't it? Uh, by naming an object of its real name, they can invoke and actualize the magic in it.
1: Oh, is this where true name stuff comes from? It's where
0: true names comes from. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so I was. Compl- I mean, Harry Potter is based on an idea of. Supernatural or superhuman or magical race, and therefore race, you know, magic genetics kind of thing, uh and so that's why they use half blood, I think, rather than you know, mixed blood that kind of thing. It's, it's it's a very strong way of putting it, isn't it? uh But Earthsea doesn't. It doesn't involve any any of that at all. I don't think anybody can become magic. My because you know, reading as a kid, I've not read it since. My idea was that, like the Nordic, the people who are described as Nordics. Basically, they don't do magic, but that's not because they can't. That's because it's banned in their culture. Hmm. Well, it's kind of cheating, isn't it?
1: It is kind of cheating. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder. Way back in prehistoric Neolithic times, when when early humans started napping the first flint tools, I wonder if there were purists who thought, "Well, you know, no, I'm I'm not going to be using any of that newfangled flint stuff. I'm just going to." Scrape things away with my fingernails, or or use a normal blunt stone.
0: You're we're talking about to... Luddites. that yeah. don't have weapons. Yeah, prehistoric I'm gonna be, Luddites. I'm method. not going to be a Luddite. I'm going to be a pre. I'm going to be a pre-Luddite. I'm not going to use weapons <laughs> to smash a system. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, I assume there were. What are they called Neanderthals, Richard?
1: No, Paul. Neanderthals are a different species of hominid.
0: Well, they can breed with us and have children that aren't like aren't like Lenny the Lion, Lenny the Liger. So
1: Woof, gosh, it's getting hot in here. They can breed with us, yes. So if they play the cards right. And uh, but they can breed successfully and,
0: and not produce Not only
1: can they, Paul, but they did.
0: And not produce people from Fraggle Rock. Do <laughs> <We laughs> you not come adrift? we have. Offending, without offending anybody.
1: We got Neanderthal blood in us, Paul. Where it, if well know, we're it's northern
0: Europeans probably about two to three percent, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It but happened. that's successful Neanderthal blood, yeah, isn't it? So just because you know we have, I, I, just because we've inherited some very successful traits of those Neanderthals that were chosen to make with us in the program. that <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I, I got my DNA results through the other week actually, so it's interesting.
1: Oh my god. Does it tell you how yeah. much DNA... Uh, Neanderthal DNA... Yeah, you does do? that, how much
0: DNA I'm missing? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I did it for the health thing, yeah. But I did it with the Mormons, you know, ancestry D- Ancestry.com, me, whatever it's called. And uh, they cancelled their health report in January 2021, and I wasn't aware of that. When I bought I bought the... You know, I bought it as a self Christmas present in December 2020. They cancelled what I wanted from it. I, I didn't activate it until, you know, a month ago. Because uh, I said, I'm not going to activate it until i finished... Some wor- some work at work that I need to Motivate myself to do Yeah it's got to that stage of my work But anyway so so I didn't activate it until the last month and, and then the health report which is what I wanted You, you know your suscept- susceptibility Or likely susceptibility to Various inherited genetic disorders And traits and diseases They just don't do so I feel a bit cheated really Because of that so all I've got now Is that useless thing that I knew anyway which is where my ancestors Are from Ah well, but it has opened a key on my, on my, on the ancestry site, which is I now can confirm that my family tree is correct because other people who are related to the people high up in the tree, which is a lot of people, if you imagine, you know, like my third grandmother removed aunt, they've got offspring, some of whom have had the ancestry DNA test. And it looks like I've got my tree entirely right because it says, you know, you share 13 strands out of 54,000 on this on the 1% of the DNA they do test uh, you're likely to be eighth cousins removed oh by the way you are eighth cousins removed do you see what i mean and yes. so it confirms yeah. it confirms that the trees pretty much right uh and therefore that there aren't any bastard relations or, or uh, you know the, no bastardization occurred in my tree which is somewhat unbelievable i think but there we go and
1: you've given all your information to the Mormons who are to busily the Mormons, yeah.
0: busily <laughs> See if I'm Jesus or not, yeah.
1: Well, what they'll be doing is baptizing you and your kids. I just any, confirm
0: I'm a very naughty boy, okay.
1: They'll be baptizing any of your dead relatives, won't they? Like Fury,
0: that's what they do with that information. <laughs> but what was shocking is I'm thirty seven percent Scottish, which I hadn't really envisaged.
1: Ah, uh, it's the Harkonnen in you, isn't it?
0: Also, I digged out some old photos of me from 19, well the late '90s, Richard, and I can categorically state that I have never ever had ginger hair. <laughs> this is, they're not sepia tinted. I've got, I've, got, I've, I've, I've got the negatives too. And Richard, it's just not ginger my hair. There's nothing Harkonnen in me at all.
1: Show your age here, aren't you? your negatives? You've got a little paper. Pouch of your photographs with your negatives.
0: They've been in storage, you know, a la, a la Silence of the Lambs for however many years, you know. They've been in storage mm-hmm. for nigh on 20, 21 years now.
1: So. I've got my hands on some storage photographs as well. I may have to, we may have to swap them, see what happens. <music> when you say they were sniffing tubes, don't kids these days aren't they doing nitrous? Didn't that's what I meant. Yeah, I don't know buildings. how they do it.
0: Do they suck it or no? So it's little They're metallic a tubes. cake
1: or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> It's little metallic tubes. You know? Yes, that's right. It's nitrous. Yeah.
0: yeah, is it nitrous? I don't know what it is. Yeah. Whatever they are doing these days.
1: And you you put it in a balloon, typically, don't you? And then oh, and then get the, the end of the balloon and I don't know. I don't know how you do it. I'm not... all I all I know is I find those empty gas canisters all over the road, everywhere.
0: Ah. Is that what you heard on GB News? Also, Richard. Is that, is that, <laughs> your, is that your own evidence? GB News, Fake was re- news, reported to have zero viewers the other day. Well, do you know why? Why? It's awful. It was boycotted. No, it's boycotted. boycotted by the, yeah, viewers. that's right. Because because one of them took the knee. Yeah, yeah. No, because one of them took the knee, <laughs> and like, they all all the viewers boycotted it. <laughs> I've I, like I've watched a couple of times, and I have to say it's just one. The graphics are terrible. Uh, two, the bloopers are you know well they're every two or three minutes, but uh, yeah, I, I don't really see uh, what the attraction would be.
1: But. I I read a description of a comical event that happened on GB News, where ex BBC presenter Simon McCoy was trying to present a piece where they were showing cute pictures of cats that the viewers had sent in. But they didn't have the ability to put pictures on screen for the viewers. So he had to resort to describing them. (laughs) (laughs) Which is pure Alan Partridge. And again, I'm going to ask you if you've bothered to see uh, this time, the the new Alan Partridge series. Well, you you should do because if you enjoy looking at GB News and seeing how bad it is, you'll love what they do with with Alan in this time it's great Hyperloop is going to fail not because of the staff or people working on it it's going to fail because it's a shit idea
0: a a dangerous idea and yet Richard and yet you remain a proponent of HS2
1: well, are you not a proponent of HST? We
0: took we took a, a mid lockdown trip to to the Lake District, and delightful it was, even though it was foggy and rainy. But I think it makes this makes it more beautiful. And uh, we took a trip on steam a steam train,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, a a, a fossilised steam train. I don't know what you would call it, a a, a museum piece, heritage, yes, a heritage steam a heritage train.
1: railway line, yes.
0: And I was sitting backwards as we went forwards. I, I just think HS2 is the same thing, you know. It's sitting backwards going into the future. <laughs> isn't it? I mean, it's it's just so outdated. It's 45, 50-year-old technology. It's a French TGV, isn't it? Right. that's That's all it is, Richard. I mean, are you saying it's something more than that?
1: What should we be building, then, if not HS2? Well,
0: can I... Can I run to the hills with my argument? And, and and not to support my the argument coming with a broad analogy, just to go to a broad analogy that doesn't support the argument coming. Uh, think about school teachers. I mean, school okay. teachers, school mams, you know, or the school mistress started when in the UK and US? 1820, 1830, uh, you know, town halls in America or churches in the UK or whatever, communal bodies decided to open schoolhouses not, not for the rich, but for the middle classes, and increasingly the poor also. A
1: stern and, woman in a tight bodice with a cane,
0: and a darn good thing we did, you know, and slates and chalk, you know, the children copying the, the alphabet. But I mean, the point is, education at that point pivoted, didn't it? It pivoted, like disrupted itself, uh, in in modern terms. Before that, you know, education had been with your with your father and mother, and was an apprenticeship. In typically the farm, you know, for ordinary people, was learning how to do things on the farm. And education became learning how to write and learning how to do sums, and then some other things too, needlework or woodwork or whatever. It probably didn't extend extend to those in the first schoolhouses, did it? But the point was education did not try to replicate what had come before it, in in terms of education. Sure. It, yes, it, it just it's did something completely different.
1: A paradigm shift.
0: A paradigm shift uh and I, that's all i'm saying i mean, i i'm not i'm not suggesting that we need anything sorry for the broad analogy but i we shouldn't be looking at moving people in metal bodies would be my suggestion around the, around the country or around the world whether they're on water on land or in the air i mean vr ar okay,
1: okay.
0: would be the new transport for me
1: well, I'm agree- I agree with you on that point, but the railway system we've got is already over capacity and the passenger numbers are increasing, right? Yeah. And it's not just about passengers, is it? It's also
0: about freight. But can we not think of a solution where road freight and rail freight were interchangeable, i.e. slottable? Can we not think of a situation where the pods, the last mile pods, the little sort of heathrow taxi things, little pods that you get in a heathrow, could become scalable into the slottable units that go on freight? Can we not think of a solution that would work on road and on rail is slottable and scalable? And possibly snackable too. I mean, you know, edible edible transport would be a nice thing. <laughs> Wait to- you're talking about the container, aren't you? I think they've already invented this. But I'm saying, can we not engineer a solution whereby what we're travelling can work on road or on rail for people and for freight? And I think we can. Can we not just tra- tetra-pack a solution, a slottable, scalable solution?
1: It's sounding dangerously like an Elon Musk idea, isn't it? But, look, maybe you're right. But if we're going to build... If you're going to try and give people transport options. Yeah. And trains are going to be one of them, you'd think. Then you need to build a new railway line, don't you? Don't you?
0: Well, and a particularly slow one. A heritage railway line from
1: 1970.
0: <laughs> we already have a heritage railway line from 1970. If we if we want to put it in a museum.
1: Well, so what what technology would you propose that we build?
0: Well, I would. I would insist that people don't use transport and only use a- AR and VR to... Or I'd incentivise them using AR and VR to do to do their travelling. True. I suppose
1: for the price of HST, you could buy people a lot of VR headsets. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Sorry, know? I have just remembered it. I had four things to say about future transport. It needs to be slottable, scalable, stackable, as well as snackable. Anyway... What does
1: snackable mean?
0: Edible, you know, like like the witch's house in Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> okay, i edible, ro- edible transport that down. <laughs> would be would be useful.